0: Thank you guys so much. Morning, good news. Good to see you here this morning. This is a a really special day for me. I'm probably going to embarrass them, but uh, I'm so thankful to have uh, some really long friends here this morning that were former college ministry assistants to me when we did the college ministry many, many years ago. And it's such a testimony to Christ because they hung out with me for all those years and they're still following Christ. And uh, it's cool to see what God's doing in their life. Katie Weber, say hi, Katie, and her uh, husband, Rylan own a really successful uh, coffee business in uh, Pittsburgh. So you guys were chanting, go Steelers. Uh, and Katie's a photographer following Christ. It's really cool to see. And then Molly and Peter Young, uh, say hi, guys, say hi. They... Uh, They're with crew ministry, specifically with the Jesus film, and it's so cool to see what God is doing in their life. So if you want to hear more about what God's doing in their life, they'll be around, so make sure you say hi to them. Uh, When you walked in, you received a bulletin, and inside the bulletin is the card. If you please fill out that card, uh, let us know that you're here, and you can mark down several things on the card, including uh, the newcomers class that's coming up. If you want to find out more information about the church, you want to join the church, you want to see a little bit more about what's going on here at Good News, please mark it on your card we love to see you there for that. Uh, Also, Vacation Bible School is coming. Now, here's the deal, y'all. Here's the deal. We have a record number of people signing up for Vacation Bible School. We've never had this many kids signed up at this time. Uh, We're looking at a crazy amount of kids here. Uh, We... Need you for the sake of the gospel. We're talking about service this morning. If you can even serve one day from 9 to 12, if you would consider taking a vacation day off of work so you can proclaim the gospel to the next generation, would you please, please do that? We want to see these kids come to faith in Christ, uh, grow in their faith. You can mark that on your card. I know many of you have already signed up, uh, but please don't hesitate to do that. You will have a great time and you'll get to see uh, people learning about Jesus. So make sure you do that. Uh, a couple other things that are going on. The Father's Day Fiesta is coming up in a couple weeks. I can't believe it's already June. And uh, we're going to celebrate uh, all the guys with a, a bunch of tacos and what else do I have to say, right? Uh, there's going to be a bunch of giveaways. We're going to have a lot of uh, fun time uh, hanging out with each other. So make sure you're there for that and invite a friend to that. Oh, we'd love to see new, some new faces there. There are new studies on your seats, so make sure you grab one of those. If you're new here, we are so glad that you're here. Thank you for coming and worshiping with us. hope you feel welcome. hope you feel loved. And these studies are to help you grow in your faith uh, Christ, and we're going to uh, refer to them during the message. But in here, it, see, I know you guys think that we're perfect as a church, but I'm going to prove to you that we're not. Uh, in here, it says that you can take the 4 chair discipleship assessment in the back of the study. It's not in the back of the study. Uh, but they are at the information station, so if you want to see where you're at in the discipleship process, uh, please grab one of those on the way out. But make sure you grab the study, and uh, we're going to work through this a little bit this morning. And then uh, finally, I get to show Alex Acrey's handsome face up here. Uh, we're so thrilled that Alex is uh, going to be coming on as an elder that is if you confirm him as a congregation and uh, that's what we're going to do uh, next week at the congregational meeting uh, Alex and his family they're a great family love the Lord and um, we're so thankful for them to be a part of our uh, elder team as long as you guys say yes so make sure you show up for the congregational meeting you'll be right after each service uh, next week all right I think that's it so let's spend some time in prayer together Lord, it's great to come before Your throne of grace, and Lord, we think of all the people in Virginia Beach that are waking up to a whole new reality this morning. Lord, it just seems way too regular that we see these shootings on the news, and uh, Lord, we need You more than ever. Our nation needs You more than ever, as the. As all these things are coming our way, as the debate rages on about the the unborn, Lord, I pray, God, that you would forgive us, forgive us as a nation, Lord. I pray that we would stand up uh, for those that are helpless, Lord, and I pray, God, for the people uh, that are suffering all around this nation uh, in many different ways, Lord, I pray that you would help them to find comfort. Lord, I pray that you are the light, you illuminate our path and you make our way known, You are our life. Lord, I pray that you will revive us from those places of discouragement and despair. You are a healer, our physician, and we're yours. Lord, you redeem us, and we belong to you, and we depend on your grace and your mercy. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Our shorter catechism question is going to come up. We've been walking through these uh, each week, and uh, if you would say this with me. Actually, no, you don't have to repeat it. I'm going to say it, all right, because it's too long this morning. Uh, What are God's works of providence? God's works of providence are his most holy, wise, and powerful uh, preservation of control and all of his creatures and all of their actions. I mean, what an amazing thing that is that we get to be preserved in Christ and and who he is and how he works uh, in and through us. As I talked about the study, we've been walking through what it means to be a disciple. And so if you turn to page 10 and 11, page 10 isn't numbered, but uh, page 11 is. So if you turn there, uh, you'll see where we're at in our disciple-making adventure, and what we're trying to accomplish in 2019. I love uh, what it says here in, in that paragraph, uh, that's second from the top. 2019 will lay a strong foundation for disciple-making. Built on 28 years of reaching and transforming people by the power of the gospel and biblical community, through Scripture we'll discover three great loves of the disciple of Jesus Christ. We will learn four key steps uh, he invites each of us to take as we follow him. Together we will be disciples who make disciples who make disciples, and that's what we're trying to accomplish here at Good News. And we define a disciple as a follower of Jesus. A disciple has three great loves: Jesus, one another and the lost. And so that's what we've been going through. That's what we've been focusing on. If you're new here, that's what we're about. We want to be disciples that make disciples. And this morning, we're talking about service. And the point for this morning is that everyone wins when you serve. So I need a little bit of help this morning. And you guys got to call it out. I know it's a little bit early, but you got to help me out with this. When I lift up these buckets, I want you to call out the color of the flower that you see. Okay, you guys ready? You guys ready to do this? Very good. Awesome, okay. How about this one? I Kind of destroyed that flower a little bit. All right, how about this one? Okay, very good. You guys passed the test. Now it's really interesting that different flowers are different colors. Do you know the physics of that? Do you know the physics of why we see the colors that we do? See, this flower, for instance, it holds in every other color that's around, every other color that's coming from the light, that's coming from sunlight, it holds it in. But the one color that it gives back or reflects is yellow. The one color that it gives back or reflects is? Okay, you guys get it. We don't have to do the third one. See, it's the same thing with us as believers. It's the same thing as us as people. The things that we hold in... The things that are selfish, the things that we want to keep to ourselves, that's, that's not who we are. The things that we reflect is really who we are. The things that we give back is really who you are. So the question for this morning is, who do you want to be? See, if you, if you want to be someone that's loving, you need to reflect love. If you need someone that's forgiving, you need to be the person that gives forgiveness. If you want to be someone that gets to experience God's goodness, then you need to reflect service. Because we serve a king who came to serve us. And so if we're going to reflect Christ, if we're going to show Christ, if we're going to be uh, Christ with, with skin on here on earth then we have to reflect service. And what you'll see here through the scripture is that everyone wins when you serve. That when you serve and when you're helping people and that when you're thinking of others first, God gets the glory and others win because you're serving them. And what you find in your life, if you ever served in any capacity, you find that you get great joy. You get to reflect who Jesus is and this morning we get to see a passage that many of you may be familiar with but it's a passage that really at the time that it was happening was astonishing because here is a person in Jesus Christ that came on this earth and even his closest circle up to the very end thought he was going to be a king that he was going to actually get on the throne. That he was going to be the one that, that took over all of the, the power and authority on earth. But he came as a king that was completely different. He came to wash his disciples' feet. He came to wash our feet. And that's the passage that we're looking at this morning just before the Passover feast. This is in John chapter 13. It was just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, he took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, "Uh, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, a person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that's why he said not one was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so. For that's what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should wash one another's feet. I've said You, you, an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth: no, no servant is greater than his master, nor is the messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. I was not referring to all of you. I know those I have chosen. This is to fulfill Scripture: He who shares my bread has lifted his heel against me. I'm telling you now, before it happens, so that when it happens, you will believe that I am He. I tell you the truth: whoever accepts anyone. I send accepts me, and whoever accepts me accepts the one who sent me. Wow. It's a lot to work through there, a lot to think about there. A couple questions I want you to think about. If you're in conflict with your spouse, and, and if you're married, you're going to have conflict with your spouse, what would cause you to take the first step towards forgiveness and healing? If your uh, small group is meeting and the person that's supposed to watch the kids didn't show up, what would spur you on to say, I'm going to be the one that watches the kids this week? What would spur you on when your pastor says, hey, there's a vacation Bible school happening? What would spur you on to say, you know what? I'm going to make the sacrifice and I'm going to come and I'm going to serve. What would motivate you if you're at school? And I know school just got out. Sorry, kids. Sorry, students that I'm mentioning school, but what, what would spur you on at school or in your neighborhood when you saw a new person? I mean, what would spur you to get out of your comfort zone and go over and welcome that person? Well, I believe the only thing that would really spur us on to do that is a love for Christ and a love for service. See, that's the heart of this gospel is that we can serve others because Jesus is serving us. Do you realize what that means? That the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, the one that created everything, is serving us. So that we can have power, so that we can have strength, so that we can serve others. See, everyone wins when you serve. When we serve, God gets glory and, and others get blessed and we get joy. As we break down the scripture here, we see uh, how important this was for Jesus to show his disciples that he came to serve. Although he'd been doing this in all of his ministry, as I've said many times, the, the disciples are knuckleheads. They still didn't understand that. They still didn't get it. Even up to the time of the Passover feast, with just a, just a short time, he would be on the cross for their sins and the sins of the world. He says it was just before the Passover. and Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave the world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. If you look at that phrase in the original Greek language, what it's talking about there is that he loved his disciples to the very end. I mean, it's, it's awesome to start something well, but it's even better when you finish something well. And Jesus absolutely finished something well. And I want us as a church to finish things well, to serve well. And What would allow us to do that? Well, the only thing that would allow us to do that is the power of the Holy Spirit. The only thing that would allow us to do that is realizing that the king of all kings came to serve us first. He continues on and and, and talks about what's, what's going on in the situation that God had put him in. Jesus knew that the father had put all things under his power that he come up from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. Now, us reading this now, it's not so radical, but if you would picture the scene, the disciples were having a Passover meal that they fully didn't, didn't understand what was, what was happening, what was about to happen. Jesus had told them, but they weren't fully understanding this, and they're having the meal together. And foot washing would have been very, very common, because as you're walking on the dusty roads in sandals, You walk into a person's house, typically the lowest rank person, typically a slave, would be right there at the door to wash your feet so you could have clean feet as you reclined at the table. Remember, they wouldn't be sitting at a table like we do when we go to Chili's. They would be reclining on a a pillow-type thing, eating their meal together. So your feet would be right in front of people's faces. So this would be important to have clean feet. And so as they're about to have this meal together, when the lowest ranking servant is supposed to do it you can imagine the amazement of the disciples when jesus is the one that gets up the one that has been doing miracles the one that's been healing people the one that's been teaching the one that's been proclaiming that he's the son of god now goes and washes the feet the feet of the disciples i mean what an amazing thing for the disciples and what an amazing thing for us because that's what jesus does for us spiritually that he's the one that's serving us too. And so as Jesus is taking off his, uh, his outer clothing and having the clothing of what a slave uh, would have had, can you imagine uh, what it would have been like for the disciples? I know if I had been Jesus, I don't think I would have been uh, like this at all. I think I would have been more like, hey, I've been doing all these miracles. <laughs> I've been serving. I am the son of God. Why am I going to be the one that washes your feet? And maybe they had a little bit of that same experience, like, why is he the one doing it? But you notice that none of the disciples got up to do it. None of the disciples said, hang on, Jesus, let me do it. Nobody jumped at doing that because they knew how low of an act it was, how, uh, uh, an act that was meant for, for a slave. No one rises to their feet. And, and Peter, you got to love Peter, right? He always spoke what was on his mind. He had very little stop sign in his brain, right? He just went for it. He just just did it. He was home run, strike out kind of guy. And, And so it gets to him and says, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you not realize now what I'm doing, but later that you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Now, at first, it may seem like that's a little bit of an act of humility, you know, Lord, don't wash my feet. But really, it's something that we all fall into, especially here in World Golf Village, that I see all the time. That Peter was actually too prideful. He was too prideful to get help. He was too prideful to allow someone to serve him. And I see that all the time in our, in our church community, in our community. That people want to rally around and serve people. And what do people say? No, no, no I'm all right. I got this. Listen, next time someone wants to serve you or do something for you, don't steal their blessing from them. Just let them do it. Let them do it. I know sometimes it's hard to let people serve you because you got it, right? Your life is all in order. Your family and your 2.3 kids and everything is perfect. Everything looks nice. And, but listen, we're, we're all a wreck. We're all a mess. We all have issues. Listen, if you followed me around for a week, you'd be like, what? What? That guy's a pastor? Yes, I am a pastor, and I'm broken, and I desperately need Jesus, and so don't you. And we need each other, and we have to help each other serve, serve one another, and we have to allow each other to serve. So once Jesus replies, and Jesus says, unless I wash you, you have no part with me, then old Simon Peter, he goes the other direction, all the way to the other side. Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well, Lord. Just bathe me all over. That's what I want. But Jesus makes a really good point here. And it's actually a deep theological point that Jesus makes here. You pay attention to what he said. He said, a person who's had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean. You are clean, though not every one of you. See, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, like I know many of you have, like Simon Peter had, then he is clean. He has righteousness. He doesn't have to have his body rewashed and rewashed, rewashed, rewashed. Once you're saved, once you're in salvation, once you're in his righteousness, you don't have to be concerned about losing that salvation, losing that righteousness. What Jesus is saying is justification is done. But... There's an act that happens that you should wash your feet over and over. That's sanctification. That's us growing in faith. That's us growing in our lives. As we still fall short, as we still sin, as we still do things that don't honor God, then we still need to ask for forgiveness. We still need to confess. And those things are not a part of our salvation, but they're a part of us growing closer and closer to Christ. And and Peter learned a very, very important lesson then. And it's a great lesson for all of us too. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that's why he said not every one of them was clean. Man, what an amazing truth that is. What an amazing thing that is that we see there. That the person that was about to betray Jesus, Judas. Did he skip over him when he washed his feet? Did he? What an amazing thing. He didn't skip over him. And what an amazing thing for us because you and i i hate to tell you this it's going to hurt some of you some of you're not going to believe it but all you have to do is look what scripture says we're closer to judas than we are to jesus that hurt a little bit right see our tendency as humans as sinners is is that we naturally go against God. We naturally betray God. And that's why so desperately we need Jesus, because the only way we can come more and more like him, the, more and more, the, the only way we can come more and more towards Jesus is by having faith in him. I know for some of you that maybe aren't believers, you're thinking, well, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But it does make sense when you see what scripture says, that all of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short. All of us are far away from God. None of us, not one, is righteous on our own. Jesus came on this earth, lived a perfect life, lived a a life we could never imagine living, not even close, never had one straight thought, never had one action that disobeyed uh, his father. And then he died on the cross. He died on the cross for my sins and for your sins. And that weight of that sin was so heavy, it separated him from his father. And the pain that he experienced, both physically and spiritually, was overwhelming. But he overcame that, and he rose from the dead. And we sing that he's resurrecting us, and that's what he does. He resurrects us so that when we accept him, then we can push off the Judas in us and and take in the Christ that that's what we can have in our life. That's what we can reflect for people. Have you ever accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I want you to do that this morning. There, there's no hope for salvation in any other name. Put your faith and trust in him. If you need help with that, come and see the prayer team or me after the service. You can do it right in your seat. Just say, God, I've, I've messed up. I've screwed up. I haven't followed after you, and I need you. Lord, be the Savior And Lord of my life. And then once you do that, once you take that step, you can reflect a life of love in Christ. You can reflect a life of service in him. And when you do that, you realize that that everyone wins. Everyone wins when you use your gifts in service. Growing up, there were some common things that happened in, in my life. And one of them was this. I would put on my baseball glove and throw the ball up against the wall. That's not a real baseball. That's why it didn't work. And, uh, you know, after baseball season was over, I'd take out the basketball. And, yeah, you could clearly see why I'm a pastor. I didn't have a, a future in basketball. And then when basketball season was over, I would practice for hours and hours, throwing the football to, to my buddies. Nice catch, Chris. And, I, oh, you, know, you can throw it back. You, you, you want to play catch? We can do it. <laughs> I would do this though for hours and hours, just go to the next sport and the next sport and the next sport and, and practice and practice and practice and practice. Why did I do that? Because I wanted to be great. I wanted to be great that this six foot tall white guy was going to be in the NBA. That's what I thought. You know, I wanted to be great. And the cool thing with Jesus is he doesn't discourage us from being great. He doesn't discourage us from leaving a mark in, in our lives. He doesn't discourage us at all from doing that. But he redefines what greatness is. See, greatness comes from service. Greatness comes from thinking about others first. And In Mark chapter 10, it says, and Not with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. That's way different than the American version, right? The American version is you gotta do all these things, you gotta invest in yourself, you gotta put yourself first, you gotta get all of these uh, superlatives so that you can be great. But Jesus says, no, you can be great, but we're just gonna flip this around a little bit. See, it's so important as a church we understand interdependence because the religious, um, the, the sinner is someone that says, it's all about me i'm dependent it's give me give me it's all about me because that's what my world revolves around and the religious person says that independence is good that that i'm on my own That i don't need you we got this and we really struggle with this in in our community but interdependence is that we need each other. We need each other's gifts. We need to help one another. We need each other's love. We need each other's encouragement. We need each other's help that we live interdependently. See, humility is being willing to receive service without embarrass- embarrassment. See, Peter wasn't being, he wasn't being uh, humble here. He wasn't, being, he wasn't showing humility by saying, don't, don't serve me. No, he was, he was showing the opposite. He was, he was showing pride. But Jesus taught him an important lesson and teaches us an important lesson too. In verse 16, he says, I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent them. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. You see, the only way we can work through conflict in our marriage is being the one that takes the first step to serve your spouse, instead of being prideful, instead of, instead of not dealing with the situation. It's realizing that I need to take a first step. The only way that as a church that we can really function in a healthy way is realizing, yeah, there's needs in the church and and I, and I want to serve. I want to serve. I want to do whatever it takes. It says to serve one another. And that, that that one another means our brothers and sisters in Christ in our local church. The only way that we're going to Cross the street or cross the cafeteria to introduce ourselves to someone new, or look around in the congregation instead of going right to the people that we know right after the service and right before the service. We start looking around for people that are new to welcome them. The only way that's going to happen is by reflecting a heart of service by saying I'm not. Gonna, it's not going to be all about me. It's going to be about others. You see, everyone wins when you serve and. The action step for this morning is, is to keep serving, to keep doing it. Because I know so many of you are doing it. Some of you feel like you're growing a little bit weary. But I hope that this re-energizes you a little bit. I hope as we see in scripture that, that Jesus made a priority. I hope you see when you, when you read, hear this scripture... I tell you that in the same way that there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Almost every week we celebrate people that have repented, that have confessed Christ, and that's because of people serving. And this week we want to rejoice that two more people profess faith in Christ uh, this week. Okay. no, no. Not going to do that this morning. I looked. I looked back this morning, and I, seriously, I, I just saw. I saw some people not clapping. Some people are like, "Oh gosh!" Some more people come to faith in Christ. Come on, y'all. We can do better than this. People come to faith in Christ. I love it. There we go. There we go. One of these weeks, I'm just not going to have to remind you. You just are just going to do it, and it's going to be it's going to be great because we should rejoice, just like it says in Scripture that people are going from death to life. And so we should rejoice in that. And it comes with us serving the Lord together. So keep serving. Don't quit. Because when you serve, that's where true joy is. Now the world seems to have this definition of joy, right? It, we, we idolize people that are in the spotlight, because we think that through their success and through their fame and uh, making it about themselves that they get true joy. But I have a picture of a few uh, superstars. Does this look joyful to you? (laughs) Not so much, right? I mean, Iron Man is up there. He doesn't look real joyful, does he? And the reason why that is is because they don't have the definition of what true joy is. They don't have the definition of understanding that you can be great and experience joy when it isn't about you. Now, I want you to contrast that picture with this picture of a bunch of women, the crazy chicks for Christ, serving together. Now, all right, we're going to just stop for a second before we close. I'm getting to the end here. But uh, uh, about, I don't know, two or three months ago, these ladies who serve every week behind the scenes. I know there's some of you that are not pictured in this picture. You know who you are. God knows who you are, too. But they serve every week behind the scenes. You don't know this. Not many people know this at all. They get all the stuff ready for the kids ministry. They do a ton of work. They're here all day on Thursday. And I walk by and I said, man, y'all are crazy chicks for Christ. And I realized it's 2019. I wasn't sure if chicks is okay to say anymore, but I did it anyway. And they ran with it. And got paid, they got T-shirts made. Uh, I love that Michelle Aguirre made the T-shirts, which is amazing. I love this so much, and they're awesome serving together. And guess what? When you walk by that room every Thursday, you know what you don't see? You don't see this. Oh, I'm serving because I have to. Mm. You don't see that. You see laughter. You see joy. You see happiness. You see them enjoying serving the Lord, enjoying each other's company. Huh. It's like the Bible's true. What a crazy thing. Keep, keep serving. See, when, when you serve, everyone wins. Don't you love it? You have an opportunity to make a difference in this world. I, I tell Christy all the time, I said, if, if coach would have put me in fourth quarter, I could have been a professional quarterback. I could have been great. But you know what the reality is? I was nowhere near that anyway. But God gives me so many, so many better opportunities to be great. And he gives you so many better opportunities to be great. He gives you so many opportunities to experience true joy. And it's not about you. It's about what you reflect. So don't you want Jesus to win? And don't you want others to win? Don't you want to win? Well, serve. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you that you care for all of us. Lord, you came as a king to serve. You have gifted all of us, Lord. Thank you so much for that. Help us to know where you would have us to serve others. Give us eyes to see the needs and hands and feet to do the needs. Thank you that you've called us to greatness and that greatness is, is found in serving you and in serving others. In Jesus' name, amen.